Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome once again to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I am the other one of your hosts, Honey Bee. Honey Bee, we got a little bit of kaiju news at the beginning of the show here. This is going to be old news by the time this airs. Hit me with it. Godzilla Minus One has been nominated for an Academy Award. Special effects category. I think it should have been nominated for best international picture as well, but it's nominated for special effects. And in the Japanese Academy Awards, it's got twelve nominations. Oh, but there's a video online of the director and the crew and whatever. I don't know who. I know it was the director and a bunch of other people. Watching the announcements, they're watching a big TV screen and just looking at text on the screen. <laughs> and I don't know if there's a voice announcing it. Anyway, they just lose their shit and there's confetti. It's so good. It's so good. So I love excited. how you know whenever it you know it's good when like you're so excited and you're celebrating something and you're recording something, but then you forget that you're recording and you're just so in the moment that your recording ends up just being like the top of everyone's head in the ceiling. You know? <laughs> that like very much happens in that video where like at first everyone's like, Yeah, and you like see the confetti and you see everyone jumping around, but then eventually the guy whoever's recording just kind of forgets and he's like holding the cell phone a little bit too high and we kind of just see like like the tops of everyone's head in the ceiling and I it was so good. That video was amazing. They fucking deserve it. I am so happy for them. So glad that's happening and I love that video. Yeah. And uh the other related news is I think we mentioned this before. God what they're calling Godzilla minus one minus color should still be in theaters. I know it was coming out today the day we're recording this uh Friday the 26th of January is the day it was opening in theaters. I assume it's going to run at least a week. It might be like the first version. If it keeps doing well, they'll just keep extending it. Which I'm very happy for, but the longer they extend it, the longer I have to wait for home video release. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm excited to have that in my hot little hands. Yes. But today's movie is Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah giant monsters all-out attack. Also known as, fuck you, Baragon, you weren't cool enough to be in the title of this movie. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Apparently, Baragon can just go fuck himself. Uh, this apparently is considered by many to be among the best 
Godzilla films. Uh, I, 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 did you do not feel that way? The heavy sigh makes me feel like you don't feel that way. Yeah, no, 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 no. I was still sighing about Baragon. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's from, it's from 2001. It's 105 minutes. It's in color in Japanese, of course, uh, but also dubbed. The budget was 1.2 billion yen and the box office was 2.7 billion yen. So good. Mm. And pardon my rustling papers here. The director is Shizuke Kaneko, who directed those three recent or recent in our timeline uh, Gamera movies. He did such a good job with Gamera, he was allowed to come do Godzilla. Well, shit, uh, I yeah. I read something. I read something about him trying to do that for a while. He kept pitching himself for Godzilla, but he had to go do Gamera first. And a couple of people from those Gamera movies have little cameos or small parts in this one. So let's take a look at our cast. Speaking of the parts. Urayudo Uzaki as Admiral Taizo Tachibana. Chiharo Niyama as Yuri Tachibana. She's the daughter of the Admiral and a reporter. Masahiro Kobayashi as Teruaki Takeda. Shiro Sano as Haruki Karakura. Kaho Minami as Intelligence Captain Kumi Imori. Shinya Owada as Lieutenant General Mikumo. Kunio Murai as Headquarters Security Masa, Masato Hinagaki. Hiroyuki Watanabe as Yutaka Hirose. Takashi Nishina as A.D. Akimaru? I don't know what A.D. is. Um, Shingo Katsuroyama as SDF Intelligence Major Tokohiko Kobayakawa. <laughs> Toshikazu Fukawa as adjunct, adjutant? What's Miyashita, Masahiko Tsugawa as Chief Cabinet Secretary, Katsuo Nakamura as Yazoo Harbor Fisherman, uh, Hideo Amamoto as Professor Hirotoshi Isayama, Ryokasi as Yazoo Harbor Fisherman, there's more than one fisherman, Tomei Shinohara as Guest at an inn, Koichi Yamadera as television producer. Is that the one with the long hair, maybe? <laughs> you Yukijiro. with the bad wig. <laughs> yeah. With the millennial uh, side like part. Character. <laughs> I think the character actually had a bad wig because there's a couple times when he kind of clutches yes. at it like he's afraid. It's Definitely. Yukijiro Haturo as a suicidal man. I believe that is one of the cameos I was talking about. Oh. Uh, let me double check that. Uh, I think he's the guy in the beginning. And yes. 
So he's that guy who was a cop and a security guard in the Gamera movies. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, yeah. He. I felt like he looked so much younger in this movie. <laughs> I don't know because I didn't realize it was him, so I wasn't paying attention at that. Point. I definitely didn't realize it was then, him, but looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, our other cameo is Aie Maida and Aki Maida as twin sisters in Kogashima. Okay, I was Aki wondering Maida. why the zoom on those two with Mothra's yes, like flying yes, overhead they're... and we zoom in on them. I'm like, who are you? Well, so the thing is, they're not identical twins, but they were right. dressed the same. They were, And I'm like, okay, is this some kind of, uh, you know, Shobajin Cosmo mm. yes, reference. Right. Are we supposed to mm-hmm. think they're twins? But the thing is, one of these actual twins is from the Gamera movies. Okay. She's the, that, uh, makes she's the, the that makes the zoom make sense. Yeah. she She's the girl that has the link with Gamera and then continues to show up in the other movies after. Okay. She doesn't have a link with him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, on the one hand, it's nice he gave these people from Gamera these little cameos, but he could have given them a real part. I don't know what, uh, <laughs> what that was about. <laughs> uh, nah, I think I think I prefer the cameo, like the little like hee peekaboo <laughs> Easter egg. <laughs> uh, let's see, we got a few more here. Kochi Kawakita as self-defense force officer. Oh, this is also an uncredited cameo. I don't know who he is. Let's see. Who's, who's, why is he, why is he a cameo? Oh, he's a special effects director. Okay, so he's not. Like oh, cool. He's, uh, Ma- Masaki Tezuka as Japan self-defense force officer. Also an uncredited cameo. What is his deal? His Wikipedia page is in Japanese. I do not know what his deal is. Well, shit. I'm guessing it's a similar thing, though. Uh, Mizuho Yoshida as Godzilla and an onlooker in Kogashima. So he got to be have his face on camera. Cool. Akira, uh, and I believe he, he is uh, Godzilla throughout this era. Akira Ohashi as King Ghidorah and a Yaizu Fishery cooperative clerk. So he also gets to be on camera. And I Rai love that. Ota as Baragon and another uh, co-op clerk. And then it says Toshiniri Sazaki as Baragon stunts. So I don't know what the... <laughs> what, what specific parts the other guy wasn't up to. Him jumping from the mountain to strangle Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I guess. So there we go. Honeybee, initial thoughts on Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, fuck you, Baragon, giant monsters, all out of <laughs> Yeah. Um, wow, wow, wow. I, oh, man. I definitely see why this is, like, considered one of the greats. It is epic there is so there's so much going on in this movie that is just so epic the people in this movie i really really loved i loved the what is it the commander and his daughter and 
the kind of, I guess, love interest to Takeda, Takeda. Um, I really love the people in this movie. A lot of fucking people died in this movie, which I mean, <laughs> a lot of people die in all the movies we see, you know, but a lot of them, we just assume that they're dead because we see like, you know, the kaiju going through buildings and stomping the city and getting crushed. But there were so many moments in this movie where like the people that we, we kind of are getting to know or even if they're just introduced into the movie like we just so many people die in this movie that we are made aware of and that we see it's like insane i was thinking like good lord so many deaths the the death count is high um but it was so good so much epic shit i love Godzilla's design in this movie. I love how kind of square his snoot is. I love his um, milky white eyes and his angry eyebrows. Every single kaiju in this movie, uh, maybe except for Baragon, because fuck you, Baragon, apparently, um, their eyes, the way that they blink, oh, it's so good. It's so creepy. It's just, it really adds to the just kind of scary level of the kaiju in general i think they did so well with the suits and the like puppeting of this movie also you know any movie that has mothra in it i am going to be not only just so excited for but probably have some weird spiritual connection to (laughs) i loved this movie i love this movie some of the things that we change in this movie as far as like storyline goes in comparison to the other movies kind of like in a sense of like we're worshiping King Ghidorah in this movie like he's a we're like wanting to wake him up and wanting him to save the world I feel like that's kind of a new thing usually Ghidorah is trying to like suck the soul out of the planet and destroy everything so I did kind of there were some things in it that like changed but they were so epically done and so well done that I felt like they were totally they added to it you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I I really see why this was one of the greats. Oh, and and sidebar, I don't know if you've listened to uh YHS. They did a what? Shout out to those guys. Um, they did a uh review of the Whale God, and at some point they were like, "Uh, Godzilla versus Megagirus." <laughs> like they were kind of like, "Fuck that," and I was like, "Oh man, really?" Like, I thought it was so good, and I really loved the kind of things that Megagirus, like, brought to the, like, the stinger, and just kind of, like, big, I don't know, maybe because I'm such a Mothra fan, I just really liked it, but I just kind of thought that was funny, um, but seriously, shout out to those guys, I love those guys, I love their show, if you have not heard their show, totally check it out, YHS, it rules, um, but yeah, so I really did love this movie. I I'm glad that so many people also love this movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm glad that it's great mm-hmm. and people think that it's great. So yeah, what about you? What are your initial um, thoughts, feelings, opinions on this movie? When did you first see it? Did you like it? This is one of those ones I would have had to have you know sought out on the internet somehow. I don't know. I don't remember how I first got a copy of it. I don't know if I had it on like VCD, like last week's movie, or if it wasn't until it came out on uh, DVD or, you know, I currently have a, both a digital copy and a Blu-ray copy. 
mm-hmm. but I'm sure I saw it closer to when it came out. I just don't remember how. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm not as excited by Godzilla's design as you are. Oh, really? Definitely. You don't like it? Too dinosaur yeah. for I you? I think the last... I think the last two movies had the same design, and this is a new suit. It just didn't look quite right to me. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. Of course, his, his creepy eyes, I didn't care for. Oh, I love he, the creepy eyes. Well, but the thing eyes. is, he is the, the straight-up bad guy in this movie. He's yeah, usually he is. not. He's, he's like, a, you know, sometimes he's a hero. Sometimes he's just a force of nature. But in this one, he's just the villain, and all the other monsters are the heroes. Yeah. So that was a little unusual. Did you like it, though? And his his teeth also seemed bigger than usual. Mm-hmm. And there was something in the way he moves that um, affects me like no other lover. I don't know. <laughs> something in the way he moves. There was something... That seemed more puppet. Something about his head that seemed more puppet-like. It was mm-hmm. like some Muppet, Muppet-style movements in parts <laughs> that just threw me off. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Oh, it, it looked less like that. a guy in a suit and more like a hand. I don't know. I I like the movie <laughs> in general. It's just Godzilla was bugging me, but he's the bad guy, so maybe that's what part of why it is that he's designed to be unsettling and unpleasant. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm calling bullshit on King Ghidra being a good guy. I'm not buying that for one minute. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I was like, whoa, okay. We're, and there was like a part when this is all being sort of explained of like who Mothra and Ghidorah are. And they they say something. The, the guy says something like, um, uh, it's in my notes. I'm trying to look for it right now. But something like the ancient people are praying uh-huh. to Ghidorah's soul or something like that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 <laughs> wait, did I miss something? Like, what do you mean? Isn't he going to, like, destroy the earth and suck out all of the energy and the children and the what? I'm so confused. But, yeah, it, it was definitely uh, yeah. a ch- turn of but events because this, in this is film. a part of the millennium series it's ignoring everything except the original movie so they open to just rewrite all the nature mm-hmm. of all the other characters if they want uh it does seem to have similar ideas and themes to the gamma movies and a mysticism to it like the game like that guy who's maybe a ghost who keeps appearing and just the yeah. whole idea of these, some of the monsters being earth protectors, earth spirits, whatever they were calling them, is very much, uh, it's not surprising mm-hmm. to find out that the guy that did those Gamma movies did this one. So, yeah, well, let's sure. get into the plot, which I've got here from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. During a briefing with the Japan Self-Defense Forces regarding Godzilla's first attack, why are they doing a briefing about his first attack decades later? Admiral Taizo Tachibana <laughs> is alerted about an American nuclear submarine that went missing off Guam. Search and rescue units find <laughs> Search like and rescue units find the sub destroyed and capture footage of a giant creature's fins nearby. Tachibana's daughter Yuri films a docudrama with her production crew at Mount 
Mayoko, where a mysterious earthquake briefly occurs. Oh, this is the, I should mention, this is the movie that first takes a pot shot at Godzilla 98, and but at the same time sort of makes that part of the continuity of this movie. So they're talking about Godzilla's attack back in the 50s, and then they say, and then there was another attack a couple oh, of years yeah. ago in New York. In New and York. And the two guys are sitting there, and one of them turns to the other and says, was that really Godzilla in New York? And he says, the Americans say so, but no, I don't think it was. <laughs> and then during, during the scene where she's doing her docudrama, the mayor and some other people of the nearby town show up and are upset because they thought she was doing a documentary, which she is, but it's some kind of, you know, crazy uh, history channel bullshit, you know, not real history. <laughs> it, it's some it's some crazy myth. In fact, they're they're actually mm-hmm. faking it. She's talking about some kind of creatures or something that live in the woods or spirits or whatever. And then one of her production team off camera throws a rock into the little puddle behind her the little pool so that she can turn and go, <gasps> what was that? So it's like one of these ghost hunting fucking shows that are always pulling that kind of bullshit. They all do this bullshit. And um, yeah. so he finds out that this is just some nonsense and wants to shut it down, even though they've got a permit. And she mentions that there are in America, there are stories of witches and those towns become famous and get a lot of tourists and so this could be good for your town when this comes out. She's referring to the Blair Witch Project, which had just come out the year before. Because for just a moment, I was like, stories of uh-huh. witches. What the fuck is you? Oh, right. Blair Witch Project. So there we get two references to what's going on in America. Uh, I don't think the people of the actual Very town... Cool were very happy with that whole situation. I think they found it. I mean, it must have brought in some tourist money, but I think they just found it very annoying. Maybe now that it's, maybe now that it's calmed yeah, down I'm a sure. little bit and there's just a little bit of extra cash. I'm sure they're all selling t-shirts in every little knickknack shop in that town. But yeah, when there's all these, well, the big problem was that there was this perception of it being a true story. And so all of these idiots from out of town descend on it, wanting to know about the witch and the locals are just like, there's no witch. Just you idiots go away. <laughs> Pick up your <laughs> fucking trash. You damn tourists. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> the way that they um, introduce her though, in this movie, like, uh, the way she's like walking down the street and they kind of do this like zoom on her like and this is our leading lady zoom kind of reminded me of um, the way they introduced the main character or the main lady uh-huh. in Shin Ultraman it was like very similar where she's just like in the streets with the people and the camera's like haha look at this person she's going to be important in this movie we're just zooming in and zooming out and okay I, read, uh, I think it's in that Godzilla <laughs> book I have I've got a a book that covers a, kind of the history of these films that she was the youngest 
lead. I guess they're not counting any of the little Panchitos and Panchitas as leads. Um, de- yeah. Rude. I guess they're all supporting characters. Uh, but that she was the youngest lead of a Godzilla movie. So, and that the director had seen her on TV. The director Hell has yeah. seen her for a while. He'd seen her on TV or something. So, uh, and she does a good job. I, I enjoyed her. Anyway, she's her. doing she's doing this stuff when a mysterious yeah, earthquake a briefly job. occurs. It occurs again later that night, burying a biker gang and leaving one surviving trucker. <laughs> uh, isn't this gang kind of sur- uh, harassing this trucker? And then, <laughs> oh yeah, they they yeah, uh, kind they of everybody actually kind of blocking his way, and then they go into a tunnel and the tunnel collapses. <laughs> but he's he's outside, so he doesn't get it. Uh, but they who uh, the trucker witnesses the monster Baragon, which he misidentifies as Godzilla. Uh, so Baragon's doing some burrowing and tunneling. Our supposed hero is uh, collapses a thing on a motorcycle. Gang. <laughs> the next day, Yuri's colleague Turaki Takeda supports her theory that a monster may have been the cause of the mysterious earthquake and gives her a book called The Guardian Monsters because he's sweet on her. I love these two. I really, I think they're so cute. And I think that he is one of the like greatest uh-huh. dude characters that we've seen right. where like he's sweet on her, but is never like yeah. weird or like a jerk about it. He's just so nice and so supportive and so sweet. I love them. I love him and them. He does have to take her home. I don't think it's in the summary here, though, but they go out for dinner. Not a date. It's like the two. It's him and her and some other guy. I can't remember if he's from work or just somebody she knows, but she ends up having too much to drink. Yeah, she she gets drunk and he escorts her home where she lives with her father. And this was weird. Yeah, I also love their um, relationship, her father and her. The father's very uh, apologetic and thanks him for bringing her home. And then the next day when they're talking about it, he he's like uh, telling the other guy, well, you're lucky I got the third degree. I'm like, no, you didn't. He just asked who you were, but he wasn't drilling you or anything, <laughs> and he was actually quite nice under the circumstances. He didn't accuse you of getting her drunk or anything like that, because this seems to be regular behavior for her. Even the father even says that he should yeah. have been nicer to him. He's like, oh, who was that guy? Was he your boyfriend? She's like, no, he's just a guy from work or whatever. And he's <laughs> like, oh, well, then I should have been nicer to him. And yeah. I'm like, I thought yeah. you were really nice. Uh. <laughs> The thing is, though, he 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 does say something that implies, you know, oh, you're drunk again or something like that. But then the next morning, it's all just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not mad about it. And she's just like, no, I'm OK. You know, she's not hung over or anything. And it never comes up again. So I don't quite know what the point was. Yuri yeah. likes yeah. to party. It, it doesn't. Yeah. Responsibly. Doesn't Responsibly. <laughs> It's not like she's just, you know, haunted by her alcoholism or anything like that. It doesn't get in the way of her doing her job or anything. So this is yeah, no attack yeah. of the fifty foot woman. Okay, it is very. Yeah. It is a responsible party, <laughs> and she has a yeah, father yeah. who loves her and cares about, about her. It. 
it's just, I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> at Lake Ikeda, a Mothra larva attacks a group of teenagers who disturbed her shrine while in Okigahara. Well, also, they not also disturbed her shrine. They tried to fucking abuse a yeah, dog. Yeah, they were going to drown it. Offs. And they do make a point of showing us on the news later that the dog is okay. So that was... Yeah, good, you little bitch. Who fucking does that? Let me tell you something. If you ever, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you ever think of abusing a dog, fight me in the street. I will punch you in the nose. Kind of lake party. Dog is annoying them, so they just decide we're gonna put it in a box and row out into the lake and dump the dog overboard. Not okay. And baby Mothra says, uh, <laughs> yeah. not in my house, son. And yep. fucking cocoons, yep. they bitch asses. Uh, a, uh, let's see. While in Okigahara, a suicidal man accidentally encounters a frozen Ghidra. Yuri interviews Hirotoshi Isayama, an elderly man who explains to her the legend of the guardian monsters. Is this the creepy guy that keeps showing up? The guardian monsters, Baragon, Mothra, and um, The guy from... For the guy from Mount Miyoko, I don't what, why is is he already in jail at this point? Why is he what what I don't I think <laughs> I've like missed something here that he was like just showing up in the background like ah oh, mysterious older man who's like Godzilla is coming he's coming we don't have much time why uh, is he in I jail No, but he keeps um just sort of appearing. Did I, I miss I something? Remember. I don't think it's clear. Maybe they just brought him in for questioning. But he keeps appearing where the monsters are and just sort of staring at them significantly from the shadows. <laughs> anyway, he tells her about the monsters, iterating that they must be awakened before Godzilla destroys Japan. Yuri and her team visit the Guardian Monsters Shrine, where she finds a strange stone before returning to interview Isayama. In the process, she discovers that the souls of those who were killed during the Pacific War are embedded within Godzilla and are lashing out due to modern Japan's denial of its past crimes. I don't. Was this an issue at the time? Were there a political issue? I mean, that people were in denial about that. I don't fucking know. Yeah, don't no, get me lying. If we got any Japanese listeners or experts in Japanese <laughs> history, let me know. Because I was under the impression that in modern times anyway, they mostly took responsibility for their part in the war. But uh, I don't know. Godzilla and Baragon surface and battle in Hakone with the former emerging victorious. Yuri is injured during the fray and goes on her own after Takeda refuses to take her to Godzilla's location. She's got a little bandage wrapped around her head, but there's no blood or anything. Mothra's cocoon is discovered in Lake Akeda after the jets fail to stop Godzilla. Tachibana sets up a defense line in Yokohama. And... Imago Mothra and a juvenile Ghidra awaken and battle Godzilla in Yokohama. Mothra sacrifices herself. Holy shit, this is skipping so much shit. I'm like oh, trying ahead. to keep up. <laughs> well, fill Where me are, in. Uh, what did we let's skip? See. Hold on. Okay, so my next I was I'm looking here. Oh, 
okay, I see, I see. Sorry, because I'm, like, trying to keep up with the story as, like, and, like, where my notes are, and I think I just wrote, like, a lot of notes for this movie. Because, like, my next note from when the guy finds Ghidorah is, like, okay, 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 yeah, I, I know what this means. Sorry, I don't understand what my notes are this episode. Um, the guy who was, like, hanging himself with mm-hmm. his tie, mm-hmm. um, when he falls into this, like, cave-like moment and finds the frozen Ghidorah, it was very much like in a Saw movie where, like, you know, have do you, have you seen the Saw movies? Yeah, except the most recent one. Yeah, he's like, do you want to play a game? And then he's like, your pathetic little life that you hated so much and you were, like, trying to contemplate suicide – well, now you have to get out of this cave with this, oh. like, wacky-ass monster, mm-hmm. and this shit is going to happen, and you're probably going to die and miss your life that sucked so bad because it was so traumatic, and it was just, like, so funny. Um, and then I have, like, my next note is the commander having a flashback, remembering when he was a Ponchito. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, okay. There's a Kong window moment with Godzilla and um, someone when he's like walking through the town. But Uh it's so cool because the way that it happens is um, Godzilla's not actually looking through the window. It's the person in like, I think it's like a hospital bed who's like looking out the window and sees Godzilla coming and then thinks they're safe and kind of does this like sigh of relief. And then boom, we get like the tail moment. Oh, that moment was chef's kiss it was so good his eyes are so scary in this he has a boxy snoot okay uh at one point somebody refers to Ghidra as an eight-headed dragon but he is not but there oh. is a mythical there is a real real there is a mythical eight-headed dragon in japanese mythology that Ghidra is kind of inspired by and in fact, Toho mm. did make a movie. Uh, Orochi, the eight-headed dragon. Toho made a movie about him, which maybe we'll go back and do. Nice. One day as a Patreon. Yeah, we should. We should. So, um, but I don't know why they called him that when he clearly only has three heads. But Mothra hmm. sacrifices herself and imbues her spirit into Ghidra, transforming it into the three thousand-year-old dragon King Ghidra. Who manages yeah, to yeah, injure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who manages to injure and drag Godzilla underwater? Tachibana and his colleague board miniature submarines to launch missiles into Godzilla's wound. And this is so crazy that this whole time Yuri is just like following along on a bicycle with her little pink flip phone. <laughs> like, don't worry, I've got it. I'm gonna record the whole thing. I'm just gonna follow Godzilla and record this entire fight. She seems to be broadcasting, uh, you know, transmitting it back to the station because they break in to uh, apparently the company she works for is they are sort of um low rent bullshit artists so they're very excited to have a real story but when the guy breaks in to introduce the story he does refer to their show as the bargain basement of broadcasting (laughs) (laughs) so yeah there's there's um the very excited guy and then there's the producer who's the long-haired guy uh, there seems to be some boss above them because at one point he approves something and says 
you know, if the boss complains, tell him I said it was okay. But we don't see that boss. So, yeah, she's got some kind of little camera, little camcorder kind of thing. But it seems like it is able to hook up with the Internet or something to broadcast back to the station. She calls it, quote, unquote, the net. (laughs) She's like, I'll send it over the net. I was like, okay, 2001. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they they get in these miniature subs to shoot missiles at Godzilla's wound. And Yuri and Takeda report on the struggle from a bridge that later collapses from Godzilla's atomic breath. Godzilla seems to get to use his breath a lot more in this movie than usual. Yeah, the power-up is sick. He needs to recharge between blasts a lot of the time, and he often won't use it right away. He kind of saves it. But this one, he's just zapping planes left and right out of the air. and I mean, he's like zapping them straight Galaga style. Just like pew, 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 pew. (laughs) Like they are literally coming towards him. He's just like zap, 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 zap. Galaga. (laughs) The Shrine Stone. It is. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. The Shrine Stone falls from Takeda's pocket and revives King Ghidra, who saves Yuri and Takeda from their fall before they swim ashore. Yeah, they both just are falling into the water, and Ghidra's down there and just kind of like, what? Oh no, falling people! (laughs) (laughs) And they swim ashore while the monsters continue to fight. Godzilla destroys King Ghidra, unleashing the spirits of the Guardian monsters, which drag Godzilla into the sea. After, yeah, this after, is so random. First of all, I feel like Ghidorah got a lot of lifelines in this movie. From uh-huh. going from someone who is usually like everybody's mortal enemy to this guy who's now saving us. Like first he dies and then like Mothra like glitter shits into him and he like gets wings <laughs> and he becomes King Ghidorah. And then he like falls into the ocean with Godzilla, gets hit with one of our missiles with one of the Japanese missiles because Godzilla is smarter and turns him around when he sees that he's about to get shot with a missile. And then this rock stone thing that is apparently important from the beginning falls. And then he gets another, like he keeps like leveling up with all of this shit. I'm just saying he gets a lot of lifelines in this movie for being someone who's like, Oh, he's the spirit. We're like worshiping his soul. And then like so many things help him to defeat Godzilla. Only to, I guess, loosen the pickle jar for the actual people who yes. destroy Godzilla yes. from the inside? Yeah, Question yeah. mark? Yes, this next part is insane. Uh, after entering Godzilla's body through its mouth, Tachibana fires a missile at the wound. <laughs> Godzilla attempts to kill Yuri and Takeda. So he's trying to power up and do his breath weapon, but it's like leaking out of the hole from the wound out of his shoulder <laughs> uh, but Tachibana's missile explodes causing its atomic breath to escape through the gaping wound and build pressure within its body Tachibana escapes as Godzilla sinks and explodes after attempting to kill Tachibana with its atomic breath Japan rejoices at their victory with Tachibana saluting his colleagues and the guardian monsters as if that means anything to them. On the ocean floor, <laughs> Godzilla's disembodied heart continues to beat. So yeah, he oh, he gets God, out of the what a sick ending. The, the sub pops up. Heart. The sub pops up and he gets the, the 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 hatch pops open and they see that he's alive. 
and then somehow he and his daughter are both back on the shore on a, like a dock or something. Uh, but he, he's like, wait, don't come too close. I might be full of radiation or something. Mm-hmm. Wait, till, yeah. wait till I get checked out to come give me a hug. And then they Yeah, so she salutes him salute. and then he's like, no, wait, we must salute the yeah, fallen they, kaiju. Right. <laughs> a human salute means nothing to those guardian monsters who aren't there to see it anyway, but sure, why not? I will say uh. the conversation that um, Yuri and the commander have before they both like they're both kind of like, I love you. I care about you. Don't do this because she's like going to chase Godzilla down for this story. He's going to fight Godzilla. And they're both like, I love you. No, you have to be safe. But then they're both also like, I have a job to do. Please understand. And then they kind of both go and do their jobs. Think that the other one is going to die, but promise that they <laughs> won't. And then when he gets inside of Godzilla, which I will say, this is the first movie where we've ever seen some of the insides of Godzilla, which I thought was interesting. Um, uh-huh. When he's like inside of Godzilla in his little submarine, he kind of passes out and has this sort of like vision, I guess, of Yuri there and like kind of uh, encouraging him and telling him what to do. And then we go to Yuri waking up and it seems like she kind of had a similar vision or she also had the vision. So we're like not sure who really had the vision or how they're connected, but I really just appreciated their relationship and how connected they were and how much they loved each other and how much they both were like, I love you. I have this job to do to, for this like Godzilla situation, please understand. I hope to see you again, you know, (laughs) salute, salute. It was, I just really appreciated their, um, their, their relationship and that it was, it just seems so healthy and so beautiful and so sweet. And I just really enjoyed um, the whole storyline of the two of them. And then also, you know, the third guy um, that was like really important to Kata to the story. And um, the way that it ended between the beating Godzilla heart and how they zoom out of that Godzilla heart with the actual Godzilla theme song. Oh, it really hit me in the feels, man. It like made every hair on my body stand up. I also just like going back a little bit, of course, because, you know, we have to have a moment for the Mothra birth of like, first we see Larva Mothra, like beating up some punks on the, because they're drowning a fucking dog. And then she goes into cocoon mode, which is so adorable. It looks like a peanut. And then when she comes out of the cocoon, oh, it's so beautiful. She looks so (laughs) good in this movie. And I, of course, was squealing. And I just loved it so much. I love her squeal. I love her sound effects. Godzilla's roar, of course, was amazing. Baragon's sounds were all right. They were pretty good. But I mean, I don't know why he's just some weird random extra in this movie that's like not even counted. It's just so random (laughs) and hilarious to me. But um, I really loved Mothra's antennae in this movie. They're so feathery. When she starts fighting Godzilla, she like flies over his head and tickles his head with her little tiny feet, which I always love her little tiny feet. Um, it's just so good. I loved this movie. It was so good. There were so many things about this movie that I really liked, even though they were, they changed some things up. They definitely took some liberties, changed some things up. I was glad that everyone who survived at the end did survive. And there were so many badass 
uh, camera angles in this movie. The music in this movie was really, really good. I loved the music in this movie. I don't think we talked about who did the music in this movie. No, but I was it just about to bring that was up since you fantastic. mentioned it. It was fantastic. Oh, it was ca- so it was, uh, good. Kao Otani, who also did the scores for those three Gamera movies we were talking about. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I love the music during the closing credits. uh, During the closing credits, we get some Ifakube music, both the Godzilla Godzilla theme and also that uh, uh, Japanese Defense Force theme that we hear in a lot of the movies. They played during the closing credits. So that's good. It's so good. There's so many good camera angles in this movie. The sets. Oh, there's this one moment where Godzilla is when he's first coming out of the ocean and he's kind of walking up to the city. And we have this zoom out where we can see Godzilla walking up to the city. Oh, the set is incredible. It is chef's kiss. It looks so good. We have like a few moments where it's very like tiny toy town, but in the best way everything like the sets were so good we get a moment um there's like a pov from godzilla himself where all the people are running in the street and chaos and chaos and chaos and it's kind of like we're looking through his eyes where he's kind of looking down and around at the people fucking loved that there was another camera angle where we're kind of from like on a boat that's in the ocean and this is kind of towards the end where he like he's just surrounded by burning buildings and smoke and we are like looking at him from a boat and it just looks incredible. I loved the sets in this movie. I loved the people shit in this movie. I loved Godzilla in this movie. I loved the other kaiju in this movie. I definitely freaking love this one. It's like every time we watch a new Godzilla movie, I'm like, shit, I really don't know if I could tell you what my top five are because they just keep like interchanging with the next one that we see, the next one that we see. And I just love it so much. I loved this movie. This was Definitely five stars for me. I feel like that's pretty much a given with anything that Mothra is in. But I loved this movie for so many more reasons other than just Mothra. Um, Also, Mothra just like at one point like shits a bunch of torpedoes at Godzilla. It was so random, (laughs) so weird. We've never seen her do this before. It kind of like gave me some Megagirus vibes because, you know, Megagirus had the stinger. And I was like... I just love anytime Mothra does like something that we've never seen, like when she just bursts into glitter, like the first time we ever saw that, or this time, you know, she like forms with Ghidorah and all of a sudden he's King Ghidorah and he has wings. I just love it. I love it so much. Every, every time I really loved the torpedo shits. They were amazing. Um, it was, it was so good. I love this movie. It was so fucking good. I absolutely love it. I don't know what number of favorite Godzilla movie this is for me, but it is definitely up there, even though Godzilla is the bad guy. It was it was amazing. It was delicious. I love it. I <laughs> love it. So I will definitely, this will definitely be one that I watch again and again and again and again. I just, oh, it was so good. Okay. Uh, I think I'm only going to give it four and a half because... Yeah, God, I didn't care for Godzilla's design, and I'm not buying that King Ghidra's a good guy. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember Ghidra. You're not fooling me. You damn evil space turkey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, folks, please like and subscribe and review and rate us on all the things. You can find links to all the things at mmftg dot com 
you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash MMFTG, where we are still making our way through the lyrics of Science Fiction Double Feature. We are also doing patron requests. We will be doing 10 Cloverfield Lane very soon. And um, The Mask and Gone with the Wind. (laughs) Shout out to my grandmother. (laughs) So that'll wrap it up for this week. Next week's movie is Tremors 3 Back to Perfection. Uh, I should say this movie I don't think is streaming for free anywhere. You gotta buy it or rent it. I don't. It's know so Tremors. fucking worth it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, it's available to rent or to buy on all the things, but it does not appear to be streaming free anywhere at the moment. Sorry about that. Uh, so until next week. I have been Precious D. And I have been Honeybee. Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mmftg.